Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a prophecy of 70 years as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 6. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. For I will set my eyes upon them for good. I will bring them again to this land and I will build them and not pull them down and I will plant them and not pluck them up. And I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And we read of the witness and the testimony that Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were in that Babylonian kingdom. And as the evil figs, which cannot be eaten because they're so rotten, surely thus saith the Lord, so will I give Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and his princes, and the residue of Jerusalem that remain in this land, and them that dwell in the land of Egypt, and I will deliver them to be removed into all of the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt, to be a reproach, and a proverb, a taunt, and a curse, in all places whither I shall drive them. And I will send the sword, the famine, the pestilence among them until they are consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. So the, the two groups, those that went in the first captivity, Daniel and others who were the good figs, Zedekiah, the rotten mess that he made of things, and those that were with him that were to be destroyed. The word that came to Jeremiah concerning the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim. So now we're going back in time. This was before Zedekiah was king. This is when Jehoiakim was king. Jehoiakim reigned for 11 years. He was a very evil king. But he was the son of Josiah who reigned for 31 years. Jeremiah was called to prophesy in the 13th year of Josiah's reign. So Josiah is now dead. He's been dead for four years. So it happened in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. So he's giving you the time of this prophecy. The which Jeremiah the prophet spake unto all of the people of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So this is just a separate prophecy of Jeremiah and it's isolated from the others. It sits here by itself. Which Jeremiah the prophet spake to all the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem saying, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah, even unto this day, that is the 23rd year, So God called Jeremiah to prophesy in the 13th year that Josiah was reigning. Jeremiah has now been prophesying 23 years. They figure that he was probably 17 years old when God called him to prophesy. And so he has been prophesying now for 23 years. It means that Jeremiah is about 40 years old at the time of this particular prophecy. The word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but you have not hearkened. I've been, you know, speaking to you for 23 years, but you haven't listened to me yet. 
The Lord hath sent unto you all of his servants, the prophets. They are rising early and sending them, but you have not hearkened nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Turn ye again now, every one from his evil way and from the evil of your doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given you and to your fathers forever and ever. Just live right and you can stay here. Serve God and, and he'll keep you here. Do not go after other gods to serve them and to worship them and to provoke me and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands and I will do you no hurt. But you've not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, Behold, I will send and take all of the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about you, and I will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment, a hissing, and perpetual desolations. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of merriment and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones, the light of the candle, and this whole land shall be desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And so here Jeremiah is predicting that the Babylonian captivity will last for 70 years. Now you read in the book of Daniel chapter 9 that Daniel said, and after the reading of the prophets, I realized that the 70 years of captivity were about over. I sought to inquire of the Lord. So Daniel no doubt had these prophecies of Jeremiah. He had been reading them and he understood by the writings of Jeremiah that their period of captivity in Babylon would be 70 years. Here Jeremiah declares that in this particular prophecy, Daniel had this prophecy and, and guided his affairs by the word of God. I know that the 70 years are about up, so he sought the Lord to see if God had any special ministry for him in the repatriation. They shall serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Now the 70 years was... <laughs> because they have been dwelling in the land since the time of Joshua 490 years. And God had told them in the law that every seventh year you're to let the ground rest. The ground is to have a Sabbath. Don't plant anything in the seventh year. Just in the sixth year, gather up, and what you gather in the sixth year will be enough food to get you through the seventh year. You can eat that which grows of itself, but don't till the land, don't plant the land. Let it just grow of itself in the seventh year. Sort of a plant rotation of crop kind of things that the farmers have realized now is so valuable. I was up in uh, Canada a while back and went out to the forge farms, and they took me out to this huge wheat farm. And a lot of it, they, they had not planted. And he said, 
No, we, we let the ground rest, just like the Bible says, we find that we get much better crops. And so he said we, of course, have the, they, they still plant every year, but a, a section of the ground is always set aside that every seventh year they just let it rest. They don't plant anything in it. They just give the ground a rest. And he said uh, we find that we get much better crops by giving the, the ground rest. Now, they had been in the land for 490 years, but they had not obeyed the commandment of God. They hadn't given the ground the Sabbath. The ground hasn't rested in 490 years. So God says, okay, you don't give it its rest, I'll give it its rest. I'll put you out of the land for 70 years, and the ground will just get its, it gets its whole Sabbath. So you divide the 490 by seven, and you find out that it comes to 70 years uh, that, uh, that the ground had been robbed for 70 different Sabbaths. The ground had been robbed of its rest. So God says, oh, no, I'll get my dues. You know, God will always get his dues. You know, you just, you don't, it doesn't pay to try and take away from God. Try to, God will get his dues one way or another. And just figure on that. It shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon... And that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied against all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the work of their own hands. So Babylon will be punished after the 70 years. God will bring his judgment against Babylon because of their iniquities. God will use Babylon as his instrument to bring judgment against Israel, but later God's judgment will come upon Babylon itself. Now, at this point we jump on out to the great tribulation of the future. So take a leap through the time capsule. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto me, take the wine cup of this fury at my hand and cause all of the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. Now there's a cup of, of the wrath of God's wine in his hand. If you'll turn to Revelation chapter 14, you will find corresponding Verses beginning with verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Verse 19, and the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the, this is in Revelation still 14, 19. He thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and the blood came out of the winepress even to the horse's bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. And so the cup of indignation, here God introduces it to Jeremiah. They shall drink and be moved and be mad because of the sword that I will send among them. 
Then I took the cup at the Lord's hand and made all the nations to drink unto whom the Lord had sent me, to wit, Jerusalem, the city of Judah, the kings thereof, the princes, to make them a desolation, an astonishment, a hissing, a curse as it is to this day. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his servants, princes, all of his people, all the mingled people, the kings of the land of Uz, kings of the land of the Philistines, the Ashkelon, Asha, and Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod, the land of Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon, all the kings of Tyrus and Sidon, and the kings of the isles, which beyond the sea, Dida and Teman, Abuz, and all of the utmost corners, all the kings of Arabia, all the kings of the mingled people that dwell in the desert, the kings of Zimri, the kings of Elam, and all the kings of the Medes, and all of the kings of the north, far and near, one with another, and all of the kingdoms of the world, which are upon the face of the earth. And the king of Babylon, Shishak is another name for Babylon, shall drink after them. Therefore thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Drink and be drunken and vomit and fall and rise no more because of the sword which I will send among you. And it shall be if they refuse to take the cup at thy hand to drink, then thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, You will certainly drink. For lo, I bring to... I begin to bring evil upon the city, which is called by my name. And should ye be utterly unpunished? Ye shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts, the great tribulation period. Now, do you think that God would punish Jerusalem for their iniquity and allow us to go unpunished? Surely our iniquity is no greater than that of Israel. A nation that has forsaken God, a nation that is living after pleasure, a nation that has forsaken righteousness, a nation that has ordered prayer out of its school, a nation that has lived by godless humanism and is controlled by godless humanism, in our courts, in our educational systems. You think we can go unpunished? Oh, no. God says, take it. You're going to drink of it too. All of the earth. God's great judgment is coming upon all of the earth. You will certainly drink, for I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore prophesy against them these words. And say unto them, The Lord shall roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes against all of the inhabitants of the earth. A noise shall come even to the ends of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh, and he will give them that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. Notice that. He will give those that are wicked to the sword, saith the Lord. But what about those who are righteous by their faith in Jesus Christ? You remember when God was ready to judge Sodom and Gomorrah and the angel of the Lord was on his way and Abraham invited him to come in, prepared a meal. They said, shall we reveal unto Abraham what we're doing? They said, we're heading down to Sodom. That place is so horrible, so rotten that 
We're going to destroy it. God is bringing his judgment against them. Abraham said, wait a minute. Isn't God fair? Isn't the Lord of the earth just? What if there are righteous people living in Sodom? Would it be fair to destroy the righteous people with the wicked? Maybe there's 50 righteous people. The Lord said, if there is 50 righteous people, we'll spare the city. Oh, well, you know, what if there was just 10 less than 50? What if there were only 40? We'll spare it for 40. How about 30? Yeah. Would you believe 20? <laughs> yeah, we'll spare it for 20. Let me talk once more, and after this I won't ask anymore. How about 10? <laughs> Father Abraham, be careful how you deal with his descendants. <laughs> You'll get the best bargain they can. How about 10? <laughs> I love them. They're God's people. They really are, and I love them. And I bless them in the name of the Lord. The Lord said, I'll spare it for 10. You mean the whole wickedness of Sodom will be allowed to go on if there are 10 righteous people? That's right. For the sake of the 10, God will not bring his judgment. You're the salt of the earth. You are the preserving influence. People may scorn you. They may deride you. They may say cruel and cutting things, but they better be thankful you're around. For if you weren't around, this place wouldn't be. God's judgment would have already fallen. But for the righteous sake, God withholds. The angel came to Sodom. He could not find ten righteous. He found one righteous man. And the angel said, get out of here. We're going to destroy this place. Don't look back. And the angel led, so uh, led Lot and his wife and his two daughters, but his wife, turning back, turned to a pillar of salt. And so only Lot and his two daughters escaped. He was... That, and Peter said, that righteous man, he was the only one there. But notice, God did not bring judgment upon Lot, but delivered him before the judgment came. Peter uses that as an example to show that the church will not go through the great tribulation, for God knows how to deliver the righteous, but to reserve the ungodly for the day of judgment. So here talking about the great tribulation that is coming, God is going to bring his sword against all that are wicked, saith the Lord. But those that are righteous, the Lord will have caught out in the rapture of the church. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth. And the slain of the Lord shall be at that day from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. Finally found the place where they're slain in the spirit. All right. All over the place. From one end of the earth to the other. And they shall not be lamented, neither gathered nor buried. They shall be dung upon the ground. 
Howl, ye shepherds, and cry. Wallow yourself in the ashes, ye principal of the flock. For the days of your slaughter and of your dispersions are accomplished, and ye shall fall like a pleasant vessel. And the shepherd shall have no way to flee, nor the principal of the flock to escape. A voice of the cry of the shepherds and a howling of the principal of the flock shall be heard, for the Lord hath spoiled their pasture. And the peaceable habitations are cut down because of the fierce anger of the Lord. He hath forsaken his covert as the lion, for their land is desolate because of the fierceness of the oppressor and because of his fierce anger. That great tribulation, the time of God's judgment that shall fall upon the earth, thank God that we as the church do not have to face that horror and terror that is coming. Revelation. Chapters 6 through 18 give detailed description of this period of time of three and a half years. You can read about it there. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 24 through 25 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you, continue to bless you. May you experience God's power working in your life in a very special way. May you be enriched in all things in Christ Jesus. May you experience a time of growth this week as the Lord draws you into closer fellowship with Himself. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. 
Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.